time to take some Molly. For all your questions, quandaries, and problems, philosophical queries, she's got you covered. Take some. Take some. Molly! Hey, welcome to Take Some Molly. I'm your host, Molly Smithson, a.k.a. Mall Dog, a.k.a. Mall of America, a.k.a. Molly Golightly. Uh, and on this episode of Take Some Molly, we are taking a deep dive into your weirdest pet questions. So I'm here with Lindsay McGuire. Lindsay, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, so thanks for having me, Molly. It's yeah. Fun. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a veterinarian. Uh, I've been a veterinarian for a little over five years now. Cool. Uh, and my area of kind of expertise or where I practice is actually emergency medicine. Oh, wow. Um, I'm not specialized in that, but that's my job. Yeah, so, for sure. What does that usually look like, I guess? Like, what's a typical day of the most common pet injuries or emergencies? We see a whole variety of things, which I think is why I really like the position. Yeah. Um, But it's a lot of, um, you know, human-induced stuff, hit by cars, dog fights. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of vomiting. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of vomiting. Uh, dogs that eat things they shouldn't. I think those are kind of the top things yep. to see. Yeah, that's a big one for sure. Um, well, cool. Let's get into some questions if you're good with it. Yeah. Okay, our first question, Yuri asks, My daughter died four years ago. Her cat will no longer groom himself and keeps meowing all the time. I have taken him to the vet. How do I help him? This is a, a tragic way to I start. Know. I, I'm so sorry. You're start about, sad and get happy. Loss. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the loss of your daughter. And I, I definitely know of uh, many cases uh, of people talking to me and telling me the changes in their pets, either from the loss of a human companion or the loss of, um, of another pet companion in the household. And this is an area of study that we have zero information about. So, gotcha. Um, when you know animals... They, they definitely go through grieving processes. They can sense changes, I think, that we aren't aware of at all. Yeah. Um, and so it's this is something uh, specifically that I haven't uh, come across. Um, right. The cat that ha- has not been grooming himself. Um, it says, you know, you've taken him to the vet, so I presume that we've ruled out a lot of potential underlying medical causes. Right. That would be the first thing to do. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's definitely been medical issues that have coincided with tragic events and yeah. we find something on lab work or something on x-ray so that's mm-hmm. kind of the easier thing to look into to start but then you know I, I think there's some questions about husbandry you know is your cat indoor outdoor um, right. are there enrichment things we could do uh, might he benefit or she benefit from a, another cat yeah maybe um but this might be something unfortunately that doesn't ever change but those are all good suggestions even if as my cat comes over and i was like hey you're talking about me (laughs) (laughs) um yeah all good suggestions i think for just general cat depression do you i guess not in the emergency room but what are your thoughts on like cat xanax yeah that's an excellent (laughs) question um there's a lot of cats not necessarily so xanax is used actual Xanax drug in dogs and and cats and it's not great yeah (laughs) Uh, but there are some behavioral modification medications uh, that are used in cats so Prozac is one of the more common ones Uh, but there's some others that definitely are uh, fairly safe as far as we know yeah Um, you know, we, we have a hard time interpreting when your cat might be having suicidal thoughts, but <laughs> we we think they're fairly safe and um, something else that could be trialed if there's no underlying medical, medical conditions. Right. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good question. Yeah. 
I'd love to get Nixie and Stevie. Well, they're not depressed. They're happy as can be. But it'd be fun to match my Prozac with theirs. Oh, have an yeah. extra stash. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, let's go to a fun question. Do you think pets can really see ghosts from a spooky poochie? Ah, I can tell you that I've seen my dog stare at the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly, at things that may or may not be you, Do you know, live in like an old haunted house um it's it's not super okay. you know it's been renovated and it's you know not the classic yeah um, i think it was actually when i was living in a, like a studio in an old mm-hmm. um used to be hospital building so that was oh. where i was like oh there might be something here um so yeah me personally yeah i do I yeah think that, i think they sense um vibrations i think they sense things even right. you know maybe they're not seeing it um but I personally do, but I think we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, that's probably another one where it's, like, hard to study unless we invent a pet translator. Yeah, and there's, again, there's more anecdotal stories of, um, you know, people who have had pets with them in a room mm-hmm. when they are putting to sleep another pet of theirs. Right. And the, the pet that is still alive, you know, kind of following to the ceiling, something that might oh, be perceived wow. as, like, the soul. So there's... Yeah, yeah, I think that's a thing. Wild. Well, so that relates to another question here. Do pets know when you are putting them down? I don't know if you yeah. have as much experience with that. But. Uh, actually, a lot, yes. Yeah. So that is one of the other things we uh, we do a lot, um, is to make sure that we are available for when people reach a point where you know they feel their quality of life is so poor or mm-hmm. their pet is imminently going to pass away. They want to give them the gift of euthanasia instead yeah um and so that you know i can tell you from my experience you know the process for my particular work location is we will usually take a pet and place an id first without the owner and um those animals don't appear to be any more stressed or less stressed than any of the other ones so um they're all stressed because they're in a place they've never been. Right. And we make an effort to get them back with their people as soon as possible. Um, I definitely think there are animals that during the process pass away sooner rather than, you know, later, I guess. So what that would imply to me is some are ready. ready Yeah. Um, But I don't know if they're cognizant of what's going to happen per se. I mean, I think that's probably a good thing, though. And I know, plug for Dove Lewis, my good friend um, recently had to put her cat down and went to you guys. And I Mm -hmm. guess she's also been able to go to, like, group counseling. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. You all take it really. It's not just the medical procedure, Mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I think, people grieve pets just like they do humans. Yeah. But there's not as much space for that process in our culture. Yeah. So, um, you know, people tell me, like, oh, my boss told me to take all the time I need. Or, like, my boss doesn't understand why I'm late to work today because I'm here. So, yeah, yeah, there's a huge variation in acceptance. Yeah, definitely. Um, Going off of that, Lisa asks, how do you feel about people treating their pet like it's their child? Uh, so I presume that is, so my, my perspective is like, you're dressing your dog in a sweater and it's in a stroller and (laughs) it goes to everywhere with you. So, um, I, I think that there is a big spectrum of, uh, care. care. So I think we all have 
people in our lives, maybe our parents or older family members that never left the dog on the couch or right. never left the cat inside. It was only outdoors and, um, you know, rarely provided veterinary care. And when it got sick, considered euthanasia versus yeah. a lot of expensive medical treatment. Yeah. And there is definitely a movement in our society, um, which is one of the reasons why I think emergency hospitals are so busy people want better care and I think that's fantastic so Mm -hmm. I think that um there is a the other side of the story which is you know do we do too much for too long do we go too far right Um, and I think that that's less common than the story of hey you know you should probably follow up on this condition or this is a long-term right it's like all things moderation is. is best right um I I like this question because it kind of touches on the the ethics of owning animals and I yeah. think that's a very fascinating topic you know do we provide animals all of the stimulation that we need right. um, do cats need to go outside to be happy and get stimulation um, you know as a veterinarian we see so many injuries and it, of course it affects the environment um, right. so there's so many um, pros and cons and a lot of discussion to like are we providing yeah. animals with appropriate stimulation? what do you think is the best I guess, route to getting cats outside, but not, but keeping them safe. I've seen a lot of the catios. Catios are fantastic. And I think that that's the best, um, the best option. There are also harnesses. You can kind of harness and leash a cat. Which is hard. We tried it with Nixie and she just flop, like do the full (laughs) cat belly flop. Paralyzed. Harness paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, even for people, People downplay it to me, which I totally understand. Like, right. oh, well, he only goes out for five minutes on the porch. You know, he's yeah. only out for an hour every day. But those are the ca- the cats that also come back with some injury that I then right. am dealing with. So, um, I, what else was I going to touch on? Oh, um, speaking of, like, treating, like, children. So there's also a movement to create kind of a society where pets are under guardianship. So have the rights of people to potentially get medical treatment regardless of cost, right. um, to be able to uh, have emotional damages for pets. So a potential like litigation that could result in, you know, million dollar settlements yeah. like in human medicine. Right. Um, and I am pretty against that for the reason that it would dramatically increase the cost of care yes. of medicine and therefore pets would all need to have insurance and it would just go down that yeah. system. And it's probably, I mean, I know we would probably not be able to afford pet insurance. Sure. Um, and they're indoor cats. It's yep. like they have a very low risk for either injury or illness at this point because they're fairly young. Right, right. Um, but, yeah. They love to scratch up the little <laughs> Luckily we got this from someone with a dog who had already Excellent. done it. So it's like, it's fine, yeah. whatever. Yeah, we, um, we have, of course, a lot of options for trying to get either... Um, preventative care or emergency care right. covered and I think my biggest recommendation is to have a savings account just like you do for yourself yeah. um, and I know that there are certainly people that like they can barely save enough for themselves to have an emergency fund right, right? Um, and I don't think that that means they shouldn't have a pet I think that there's yeah. a lot of pets that are happier with people than in the shelter yes. <laughs> for instance um, but that's something to consider is to have you know that's even if it's idea. a couple hundred dollars then yeah. you then you don't think twice when you need to you know get some blood work done or something right right great idea um just to answer this question personally I do treat our cats like they're babies because I've got major baby fever right now (laughs) 
and my mom was so she knows I have an IUD Maria if you're listening to this like you still got two years on that shit but when I got when we got Stevie she was like oh another grand kitty she loves him more than anyone and I'm like there you go this whole oh there she goes too Stevie just jumped knocked over a cup of water I think it was empty luckily But yeah, I do find it interesting in Portland specifically how people kind of, it's like they're treating their kids or their dogs as pets, but Mm -hmm. then it's Mm -hmm. like your bad parents, you know? Yeah, right. Like, I've been at two different parks in the last month where people were outside the dog park with their dogs off of leashes. Oh, yeah. And it's like, what is it? Like, just, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's, uh... It's it's interesting, and yeah. people are of course very defensive of their pets, and right. they love them very much. So yes, um, yeah, yeah, fascinating. fascinating. Uh, um, let's see. Okay, Kitty Cat Meow ninety three, aka my good friend Catherine Reed, asks, "How come dogs and cats sleep so damn much?" Well, I would argue that we would sleep a lot more if we didn't have our <laughs> society True. built around our day to day life. But uh, I I think so. I would say that cats definitely sleep more than dogs um I but it totally depends on the breed right so there's certainly dogs that will bug you non-stop mm-hmm. until you take them for their 10 mile daily run right and then there's right. dogs on the other breed side that um, are happy to laze around all day so yeah. um I think that that's probably and I am not saying that your pug used to be a wolf but <laughs> I will say that um you know a lot of wild canids Mm-hmm. And felids also sleep a lot. So yeah. I think that they're used to sleeping most of the time and then exerting energy to hunt when they need to and then right. conserving that energy when they're not. So um, for better or for worse, maybe that's why your pets do that yeah. at home. And honestly, I'd rather have them sleeping than what they're doing now, which is like posturing <laughs> and trying to top each other. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, let's see. What other questions? What should I look for when I'm picking out a hamster? That is from Emily. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I do see a lot of, they're considered exotic animals. Um, <laughs> really anything but a cat or a dog. Even chickens are um, oh. kind of considered exotic. Right. Um, I, so I'm, I'm no expert, but I, you know, kind of know my, know my way around a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so I would say, you know, it's not so much as what you're looking for when you pick out a hamster, but kind of right. what to expect when you get one. So making sure that the husbandry is, is right. And when I say that, I mean the, the food you're feeding. Yeah. So a lot of the pet stores have these really colorful, like seed diets with all right. the nice shapes. And those are garbage. Oh, <laughs> it's, just, it's, fascinating. Like, it's like hamster candy. So if you yeah. feed, um, Versus kind of the pelleted diets, which look boring, but Ooh, have uh, right. uniform nutrition. Boring food is usually uh, better yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with bedding. And um, hamsters sometimes only live to be, you know, a couple years yeah. old. So um, preparing yourself for that. But, you know, I honestly, I don't, I was going to say, you know, get pets from rescues or humane societies. Right. And, um, I don't know if like Oregon Humane Society has hamsters. I know they have yeah. rabbits. Yeah. And so um, you may be finding yourself at a pet store, picking out a hamster, um, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, And I never, we had a hamster that we illegally bought in college (laughs) and smuggled into our dorm. Gracie Mae, rest in peace. Uh, Um, But 
she lived well actually she kind of ran herself out from exertion i think okay um like but, on a hamster wheel stuff? yeah because she was in my friend chloe got her realized she couldn't take care of her and i've always like my parents had shitty dogs we never really returned pets or took them i was like you can't return the hamster to pet smart that's right. not fair right and yeah. so i took it in and then she'd just run all night and one night she's just going crazy and then it stopped oh, and no. i realized next morning i was like oh my god gracie may so she, I'm sure some, like, gardeners at our dorm dug her up and were like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I did, I um, got gerbils when I was in college. Yeah. Similar deal. And um, I actually, I, I was in vet school or about to go to vet school at the time. So I did find a gerbil rescue. There was quite oh, literally wow. a rescue that solely, like, took in rehomed awesome. gerbils. So th- there might be a hamster resource like yeah. that somewhere. Rescue um, hamster. Rescue hamster, Aww. yeah. But, you know, I don't have much to say about what you look for when you go to the, the store. Yeah. You know, pick, pick a nice color. Never get the smallest anything. Right. <laughs> the That's that, what, she was a dwarf hamster. Yeah. So I'm sure that was why. For sure. And, you know, people love the runts, right? But, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, okay, last question. We're just blowing through these. I love it. Uh, meow often should you sneak into your cat's email to make sure they aren't plotting against you? Probably once an hour. Once an hour? <laughs> Whoa. I was going to say, like, once a week. Oh, Check man. In. If your cat has an email, I think you're... It's too late. Yeah. Yeah. It's too yeah. late. It's too late. Ugh. Well, this has been such an informative episode of Take Some Molly. Um, we ran through this. Lindsay, do you have anything else you want to, like, share with people of general advice? Yeah, so um, I guess if we were to talk about kind of common, the most common questions, like what, yeah. do, what do I feed my dog or what do I feed my cat? That's a right. huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, if you have a dog food or a cat food that your animal likes and they are doing great on it, that's yeah. totally fine. There is a an, um, kind of overseeing organization called AFCO that will certify mm-hmm. foods um, to have the minimum nutrient standards. Right. So that will say it right on the bag. Um, we are seeing some new kind of heart disease yeah. in dogs, um, what we think is secondary to the grain-free trend so interesting uh, the grain-free diets are very equivalent to gluten-free in people it's very trendy Um, it's really great marketing but there's actually now some research that says that might not be the best thing so because um, it's higher in fats um well grains are really they are a good source of uh, nutrients for dogs and cats and um there are some dogs that might do better with without grain as far as allergies or skin right. coats, but it's a pretty small percentage. And so yeah. um, just be careful. There's a lot of advertising money that goes into pet yeah. food, as you can imagine. And your dog is, like I said, not a wolf. Right. <laughs> um, they're very ad- adapted to, um, yeah, kind of yeah, being domesticated. Is there, like, a dry food you recommend for people that's number one or, um, or just an affordable yeah. food I guess because that's the other thing with Definitely. the natural it can get really pricey yeah and I every once in a while I go into the pet store because I feel I need to be informed and yeah the bags are beautiful there's like right. these like shiny foil bags <laughs> they all have you know wolves or cats it's crazy yeah. but um so I can tell you I feed my dog a diet by Royal Canin okay um Royal Canin 
Hills Pet Nutrition, Purina, and IAMS. Those are the only four companies that do clinical feeding trials. So that okay. means that they, uh, for better or for worse, have colony dogs that they will feed right. that diet for three years and say, yeah. like, these dogs had normal calcium levels and whatever. Right. Um, whereas the boutique brands don't have that resource. And yeah. so they don't know what would happen if they fed that diet to a dog for three years. Right. You know, it probably would be okay. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of why I, I like that. I, yeah. I'm a scientist. I like to have the research behind it. That mm-hmm. does not mean that there are not other diets that animals can't do well on. But yeah. um, my dog's done great with that food and I get a discount. <laughs> yeah, there you so, go. Without um, Steenie. Yeah, that's, that's uh, I think there's some really affordable Purina and Iams mm-hmm. diets that are. And they're going good. towards the natural thing, too. That's a cool mm-hmm. thing with big brands is they're yep. responding to the consumers mm-hmm. who want that. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get the best of both worlds. Yep. Um, I think people get into trouble with homemade diets, for sure. Yeah. Um, they just published a study in a veterinary journal stating that they looked at I think it was 100 or 120 recipes for wow. uh, maintenance cat diets uh-huh. that are that are some are published by veterinarians. Wow. And their analysis when they made those diets, as um, the recipe stated, was that none of them <laughs> met the standards. <laughs> like zero. Wow. That shocked me because I thought, oh, God. You know, even like I know that homemade diets probably don't have everything they need. But like, yeah. oh, well, why don't you just throw a multivitamin in there? It's probably good. Yeah. I was shocked. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So don't home make your pet's yeah, food. Also, like, save yourself some time. To oh, and eat. money, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, people, yeah. Raw oh. diets, same thing. Raw right. diets are expensive and um, definitely see a lot of animals with diarrhea on raw diets. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Is that dangerous too for pets or not as much than like as humans because Um, they have the wolf and it is as dangerous. It is. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to die, right? If they get salmonella or E. coli, same as a person, like, you know, if you get food poisoning, you're going to have a bad couple days. (laughs) You'll probably be fine. Right. Um, But there is a risk for humans that are preparing their animals raw food. So people that aren't using, you know, it is raw meat. So if you're putting it on your cutting board or whatever, um, you put it in your pet's bowl and then you don't wash the bowls. Like there's a lot of contamination that can occur. Yeah. Yeah. So again, not that, that cannibals can't do well on that. And right. they certainly have seen animals that have a lot of skin issues or something go on a raw diet and do really mm-hmm. well, but there has to be a lot of thought put into that. For sure. Any other tips and tricks? I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. So if I get asked about food a lot, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I get a lot of behavior questions and honestly, I was just gonna ask. I'll be upfront <laughs> that we don't get a ton of behavioral instruction in, right. in that school. Um, there's a movement about that too, kind of like yeah. fear-free handling and um, wow. in the veterinary community trying to make things less stressful. We sedate a lot of animals, like right. purely because we don't want to stress them out. And right. that's sometimes the best way to go yeah. about it. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's, let's see, behavioral issues. Um, dog parks, <laughs> that brings up a lot of behavioral issues. Yes. Um, dog parks can be a little scary because it's just, you never know. Yeah. Show up. What do you think is the best way to kind of ease your dog into that socialization, especially if you've got them at home alone, like not That's a good with question. other dogs? I think that um, controlling the environment's a bit important. So right. you know, I've taken my dog to you know, thousand acres, and it's great, but you just have no idea who's going to be there. Yeah. So if you're, you know, I know it's expensive, but if you can you know, do a dog daycare mm-hmm. or situations where like you're pretty sure that all the dogs 
have been have had some type of screening maybe right. um, and there's people that are overseeing the organization is probably the best way to ease into it before yeah. just throwing your dog in a dog park yeah but most of the time you know 90 99 Right. Of the time, it's fine. And I'm sure you'll know if you've rescued a dog and they have behavioral sure. issues mm-hmm. and just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, do you think it's good for people, like, say, I've got a dog and my friend has a dog that are well-behaved to kind of start there, maybe, if you don't have the money for a dog daycare? Yeah, 100%. You can yeah. find someone's fenced yard to put them in. Yeah. And, um, that's a great idea. Sweet. Yeah. Kind of your self-screening for your mm-hmm. dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Do you have any burning questions? I don't <laughs> think so. Um, yeah, we got all our paper questions. If you guys have other questions, I'm sure you'd be willing to answer them. Do you want to um, plug anything or tell us about uh, something rad that Dub Lewis is doing or you? Yeah. Um, first of all, yeah, I would, I would be happy to answer your questions if you yeah. send me more. Um, I... I don't, I don't think I have okay. much. I, I love my job. I love the work Dub Lewis does. Um, you know, your veterinarian is here to help you. Yeah. And find a veterinarian you trust. You know, it's just like a human doctor. So I've personally been through a few human doctors just like, you know what, we right. don't kind of get along or we don't have, I don't feel heard. You know, yeah. it's really important that you're feeling heard. Um, but they're definitely not going to recommend anything that they wouldn't do for their own animal. Yeah. You know? So, um yeah, you know, I think that, I think at least getting your, and I feel like this is like a shameless plug, but at least getting your pet to the vet yes. once a year, just to make sure you're up to date and mm-hmm. have all the information you need. There's a lot of things that your veterinarian can recommend to help um, screen and diagnose diseases before they become a problem. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Okay. I, I think that pets are so great. Um, yeah. I actually did just think of a question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nixie and Stevie both get these little scabs behind their ears. Oh, sure. Is that just from scratching, or should I be worried about that? That is, it is from scratching, and so the the question would be, why is that happening? Yeah. Um, The area you're describing behind the ears, I don't want to freak you out, but it's it's usually Mm flea-driven. And so even indoor cats, the fleas in this region are horrible, because it never freezes, right? They never never die. (laughs) So... Um, maybe trying a, a monthly flea prevention yes, regimen. Yes, I do need to do that. I'm going to write this down right <laughs> yeah. now. Um, that may help you out. And it's, it's very common even for indoor-only cats to come yeah. see me at emergency. And we're like, did you know your cats fleas? And then, yeah. That's well, horrible. Had horrible with, to find out. Yeah, Nixie just like one morning. Actually, after I lost my Portland's funniest uh, beginning round, wake up and there's like eggs everywhere. Oh, gross. And I was, yeah, I think it was one of our neighbors because like somebody else was getting all their yeah. carpet removed. Okay. And it was like, great. Yeah. Dealing with this hungover and sad. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay, apartments can be difficult because you're so close to everyone else. Yeah. Um, but animals can be, they can have a true flea allergy too, so they don't have to be totally infested to start itching. Right. You know, it takes a couple. So right. I wonder if that's what you're experiencing. Maybe. I don't think you should be super concerned about okay. that unless the itching is out of control. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You're, they're beautiful kittens. They are, and now they're sitting on the computer and probably <laughs> pausing the recording. Why do cats sit on keyboards and computers? Oh, they like the warmth? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. And they Another just want to annoy you. Yeah. yeah. They I, want their cats want to be with you. Yes. Well, a lot of them. Some of them don't. <laughs> yeah. 
Are you more of a cat person or a dog person? I'm more of a dog person. I am. I truthfully am actually allergic to cats to some degree. So I'm sorry you're inhaling. Oh, I manage it with medication, which is maybe it was a poor career choice. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm partial to dogs. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on today. This has been awesome. Um, Let's see. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening so you can stay up to date and keep getting these rad facts and advice. Um, And then follow me at Molly Golightly on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can visit mollysmithson.com to sign up for your own email to find out when there's a new podcast out or ask your own question, and I will forward those along to you if they're pet-related. So that'll be fun. You can do a little follow-up. Yeah, I can't wait to get some more questions. So grateful that you've had me on. Oh, thanks so much, Lindsay. Everybody, you rule. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.